four. A four. Chris, the topic we will be discussing today is how do you maintain momentum for a game when there are long gaps between game sessions? Chris, this is so relevant to my life right now. I look forward to talking about this. Hello, and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. Andy, the weather has finally turned in Michigan. It is officially fall outside. Yes. I see that you're wearing a flannel. I'm in a hoodie. Um, for me, this is the most comforting time of year. Yes, I love this time of year. I feel like I can get excited about Halloween now. I was not yes. able to while it was like 89 degrees like two <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah. But now <laughs> that it's very fall like outside and there's leaves falling down and it's kind of crisp but not mm -hmm. cold, it's yes. wonderful. Yeah. Do you, I'm sure I ask you this every year, probably even on air, but do you go all out? Do you do Halloween decorations? Uh, you know, I'm not a big decorations person. Uh -huh. I'm bad at any sort of like. Uh, you know, uh, I'm bad at any sort of like house, house, house maintenance or like <laughs> presentation related task. Okay. So yeah. whether it's like hanging up Christmas lights or putting up Halloween decorations, I tend towards the, what's something really minimal that I can hang on like the hook that's already on my door. Mm, yes, yes, yeah. Okay, so you're not out there like constructing some sort of gigantic, like um, scary spider in the tree. No, I did. I did take my young son. We strolled through a spirit Halloween oh, store. Oh yes, uh, yeah. And we, I marveled at the like <laughs> the incredibly tacky but just wonderful, like you know, uh, yard what are they installations or whatever, mm -hmm. where you like get yeah. near it and a ghost like pops out and shrieks yeah. at it. <laughs> Unmanageable yes. volume. Uh, yeah. 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 If I had, right. if I had a budget of like a thousand dollars, I would go crazy with these sorts of tacky mm -hmm. installations. But yeah, there's something really fun about that. Um, so my, my son is three years old and we were walking through like Home Depot or something um, last week. And like some of those decorations are just legitimately terrifying now. I feel like when, <laughs> when I was growing up, like your options were like you, there was maybe one inflatable pumpkin that was available. And now it's like, well, do you want like a, a, a demon from hell <laughs> to, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. to like arise from the ground and you'll know, claw at you? Like you got it, right? <laughs> if you want. Yes. Yeah. So I was like steering, steering him around um, particular aisles <laughs> to avoid that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um okay but uh we, we are very off track um, are you doing anything special for are you doing a halloween game at all so good question i've thought about it i kind of realized that halloween had sort of snuck up on me mm -hmm. normally i would run some sort of halloween game but i uh, i don't think i've given my players really enough notice time wise to kind of pull something together and so i think i'm probably so the other thing is I'm I'm running a call of, a weekly Call of Cthulhu game oh, for my wife okay. and teenager, and that's already kind of Halloween friendly. So I've actually been thinking like, do I do a do I introduce something Halloween ish into you know that yes. the game that comes nearest to Halloween, or you know do I switch? I mean, I'd be happy to run. I could run Alien. I could run mm -hmm. something else. You know, for them that would be fun. So I guess it's hmm. up in the air. How about you? Do yeah, I'm not planning anything in particular for Halloween. Although my the gaming group I play in is going to be meeting sort of around then as well, so I'm sure I'm sure something Halloweeny will happen happen there. Uh, in in Call of Cthulhu, 
Well, I guess just, yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about the history of Halloween to know if costume parties were a big thing or not back in like, yeah, the Call of Cthulhu, like in the twenties and stuff. I mean, could you very easily sort of be like, oh, and it's Halloween. So everybody's dressed up. I, I think you could, yeah, I think a kind of a decadent sort of uh, Great Gatsby like costume extravaganza would be very much uh in genre for that Mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of interesting yeah you can do that just a a masquerade i think breaking out in a call of cthulhu game is is right for lots of uh possible complications and various cultists showing up at places they should not be yeah and what percent of the party goers are like not actually is it not actually a mask that's like they're actually (laughs) yes yeah absolutely you go to take the mask off and there's nothing underneath yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, that's good so I actually have a kind of related question about that. So the next big event in my Call of Cthulhu game is something I could use a little bit of help brainstorming. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. is actually a big party. Ooh, uh, okay. So I'm just curious. We used to do this thing where we would make a uh, like a D6 random table yeah. Yeah. based on a random topic that we came up with. And I'm wondering, we don't actually maybe need to make a table, but I could use some help brainstorming. Uh, things that could happen at a um, kind of over-the-top 1920s party. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I, I'll give you a little more context. So the PCs in this case, uh, they need to get... They basically want to steal some books from the private library of, like, a super rich 1920s personality. Yeah. Yeah, you said Call of Cthulhu, right? So it's like, yeah, of course they're, of course yes. they're stealing books. Yeah, exactly, they're stealing books. So, and again, it's set in the 1920s in New York, and so this party is put on by like a wealthy uh, businesswoman, and it's going to feature. I've been, you know, I've been reading up on like what are some of the celebrities of the, from the time that can show up here. So it's like a really high end party where anyone could show up. Mm-hmm. And the PCs have gotten themselves kind of uh, hired as temporary servants yes. to like, you know, I guess, carry drinks to the guests or whatever, just for this party. And that's, of course, a pretense to like break into the library and steal some books. But so I could use some help brainstorming. Like, what are some things I can throw at them, like encounters or experiences or something like that, that will I don't want to completely derail you know, their mission, but I want to complicate it with some like interesting and maybe funny experiences they can have as servants and maids at this party for the super rich, you know, these super rich um, dilettantes and, mm. and celebrities. Yes. Oh, that is a fascinating, uh, <laughs> fascinating question. Um, so the, the very first thing that occurred to me is, um, do you know those... I'm sure you can, I don't, I'm sure they have an official name, but like those towers of glasses that you like pour champagne in the top and it like, Oh yes. down to all the uh-huh. glasses. And <laughs> I'm just thinking about like, you know, if they have a, a, a strict time limit to try to go steal these books, but then they get corralled into having set to set one of those up. Oh. <laughs> for the, for the time. <laughs> that could be pretty fun. You know, you could have the, whoever's running the party be like, no, I want it taller, right? Taller than that. Taller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are there any of the um, the characters who are like particularly good at something where they could either show off or 
um you or they could be like oh i wish i was over there so i could help with it but you know some other character has to has to do it so i think some of the inherent comedy in this is that the pcs have no skills that are related to like being like to being a good servant or maid or Mm -hmm. like a butler type person at a party so any sort of like i have to imagine something that would be routine for like a career servant will be a uh a tense die roll for like this you know learned <laughs> anthropologist who's yes. trying to uh, pass themselves as a, a a maid oh excellent yeah i mean you could do like just thinking like social like social encounter sort of things again we're we're talking more like you know roadblocks not like um yeah everybody's a cultist right like <laughs> right those yeah. sorts of things yeah i think i mean like complicated drink order or okay. like you know someone uh has an allergic reaction to something that yeah, oh, they, that's a they, good one. Yes. You know, they're carrying around the hors d'oeuvres and like something has shellfish in it that they didn't know about. Like someone asked pointedly, does this have yep. shellfish? That's right. a good one. Yeah. Uh, kind of along those lines, maybe, maybe like a kind of an entitled celebrity has a really ludicrous request to make. Mm-hmm. Like whatever my, whatever my mistress is showing up at 745 and I, <laughs> and they can't. And my wife is showing up at eight o'clock and you have to make sure that they never cross, you know, see (laughs) each other or cross paths or something. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, The same token. I mean, maybe that like the titled celebrity like demands that a piano be brought out so they can perform. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ridiculous demands. Um, Yeah. I'm also thinking like, you know, 1920s, whether or not this is true, or this is something that the like you know media has incepted into my brain. I feel like there was a lot of like emphasis on uh like like fire and like sparklers and stuff. So I could see there be like oh. you know people like trying to like yeah have some sort of like sparkler toast, right? So you've got like a bunch of people with like fire basically <laughs> fire sticks <laughs> in the air. Um, are there any things that they they have like glommed onto in the adventure that you could sort of reintroduce? Ooh, yeah, good question. Um, I mean, there's some kind of plot-related stuff that would that would be tedious to kind of go into the details mm-hmm. of it right now. Like, I could, I could complicate things by having some of the guests be people they've maybe crossed paths with mm-hmm. um, in the past and might recognize that they're not actually maids. Um, yes, yeah. So, I could think of a few people will be really awkward if that person were to recognize them at the party, I think. And then that person would have the choice of exposing them and making a deal of it or Mm -hmm. keeping it quiet and maybe getting some, I don't know, getting some leverage somehow over the PCs. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That would be really good. I mean, especially if, if they start rolling poorly, right. Introducing that's always a fun, I mean, yeah, just, just to borrow from like, yeah, blades in the dark, like, yeah, a, a consequence of rolling poorly, it gets much worse for you. Um, do you, is there, are there another, is there another faction of people that could also be there trying to get the books? You know, I hadn't, it, it, that seems like a very obvious question, but I hadn't really considered it. Mm-hmm. There are, there are people who would want to get the books to keep the PCs from having them. Mm-hmm. So that is an interesting, yeah. that is an interesting possibility. I don't know how you'd exactly pull it off, but it would be pretty funny if it turns out that every single one of the hired like maids and butlers <laughs> and stuff were people from different <laughs> different yes. factions. 
like there's so yeah some sort of inciting event where like everybody you know pulls out the the, the gun they've had hidden, <laughs> hidden oh when it, it would be amazing if the yeah if the pcs got there and they realized that their fellow help were there uh, at cross purposes to them and like yes can yeah. what do you do do you like yeah, do you sabotage the other team? Mm-hmm. Um, do you? Yeah, yeah, because they need to they need to work together enough to where they can all stay sort of in in the space and not. Get yeah, they can't get fired and kicked out. It's like so they. It's not a free for all like for mm-hmm. the PCs. Yeah, um, mm, that sounds okay. like that's going to be a fun time. Yeah, do you have any other any other ideas? You've been kicking. I, well, I I think it would be my only other idea was just I'd like to sprinkle in a couple of maybe real world. Uh, personalities from the time period new york mm-hmm. at the time had a really flamboyant a really news making mayor so i want to have him make a showing mm-hmm. and maybe uh maybe a, a famous musician or something like that so i don't know i think the this group of pcs would involve some kind of getting into some kind of shenanigans with a historical figure so yeah i wonder if you okay. could have you could have like fitzgerald show up right <laughs> to, yeah no, like, you're throwing like a great gatsby style party like have have Fitzgerald there who I don't think he was like famous right quote unquote famous at that point but I think you're right. the the players themselves would get a kick out of seeing someone <laughs> yeah like that and there. that would be just as fun yeah so I could yeah. justify in this party the way I've set it up I could justify almost anyone in the world like making an appearance so mm-hmm. anyway this is really helpful thanks for helping yeah. me I've, I've got some that's giving me some good food for that so yeah oh that'll be fun yeah you'll please please report back how, how the party went yeah, Just, yeah. It was a disaster, I'm sure. But you know, they'll, oh, they'll like I, I mean, it goes without saying, it will, it will be a total disaster. But I hope it'll be a, f- a really funny one that we can talk yeah. about. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, so. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's maybe. Um, do you want to shift into our topic, or do you have anything else that you wanted to to bring up? I am fine shifting into our topic because it's okay. been something that's been on my mind a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, our topic, and maybe you too, our topic, so, is how you keep momentum going between sessions. And I guess in our last episode, I kind of talked about an actual game I had run. By the way, I heard from a player who listens to this podcast, who is in that game, who uh, who gave me his the player kind of feed, the player side of that experience. That was a really fun... Oh, that's great. Were they... Yeah. Um... Were they pointing out things that you had missed or did they? I don't, I don't think so. I think they were kind of um, just, I don't know. It's hard. I don't want to go too much into the okay. details, but um, I would say in the, you know, it's useful. It's useful. I think to just every now and then hear how the other side of the table is experiencing a game, whether it's mm-hmm. the GM or the PCs. And um, I don't know. It was useful feedback to hear from the players he confirmed that like I hadn't made clear enough. If you if you recall kind of the central issue in the last episode was, you know, I presented something intended as a background unchangeable problem that the PCs interpreted as something that they were they could and were invited to solve. Mm-hmm. And he confirmed that like, yeah, I did not communicate. The players did not get the message that this is a background thing. Don't try to solve it. It's just part of the adventure. So that that okay. was that was helpful, and that I mean, I would like to try to avoid being in that specific situation again by just maybe planning a little bit better as a GM. But you know, it did it has made me kind of resolve that in the future, if there are things that I truly don't want the players to 
butt their heads against or or spend time solving. I'm just going to make it really over the top clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good to get that feedback. Yeah. I think that's, that's one thing as GMs, I think it's, it's, can be a little bit hard to ask for that. Um, that sort of feedback. And you also don't want to like rehash every, everything from a session, right? Cause it's not, right. not super useful, but it also is like a really good thing. I mean, I think the, the framework we've talked about and we've used, um, I think even on the pod, podcast, uh, the stars and wishes is really, really helpful in that regard, just to get kind of like immediate feedback of like, Hey, what did you like? And what did you want to see more of? Yep. more of in a session like that's that's super useful feedback right and to be clear you're not asking for like how did i screw up right like that's you know yeah how did i screw up like you know like what went wrong right like i think that's that's a different conversation and honestly probably not that super useful to have have with your yeah. friends about about a game a game but well, yeah it, i mean yeah i was gonna say it is kind of it is kind of un interestingly hard to kind of get real feedback about how a game went I don't know about you, but I very rarely had productive conversations with players where I was like, how did that go? What did yes. you guys think? Yeah. Like, I've like almost never. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one is going to say anything really meaty or critical in mm -hmm. that context. And um, it's kind of funny. The way I got my really good feedback from this thing was to like go through you know, was to like podcast about it yes. and then, you know, hear about it like a very indirect way. You would have thought yeah. I could have like emailed the players and said, Hey guys, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this was, I enjoyed this last session, but I ran into, I had these challenges. What do you guys think? I don't really think anyone would have replied to that with like, you know, no, very great feedback. Yeah, I think it's, it's hard. Right. So, I mean, yeah, not everybody, um, should have a, a podcast in order to like indirectly talk to their friends, right? That's not, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not, not a great, like a great thing. Um, but I mean, you know, it's a nice side benefit, I guess, if you want, yeah. <laughs> if you want to start a podcast. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think like part of the, to me, you know, part of the, like the conversations that we have on this are like, you know, we're, we're trying to do that with each other, right. Of like, Oh, like what did all this mean? Right. Like, you know, how could we have done better? Yeah. You know, like what worked all that sort of stuff. So I think like putting that out there. Right. And then, I mean, you are lucky in that one of your players listened to it and took the time to, to respond to like, so that's, that's pretty cool. But like, I think the, the ask of like the email afterwards is very different from the, and then I also had a 40 minute conversation on air with someone else about it. Right. Like that's, yeah. there's a bit more to react to there, I think. Um, Cause you're also sort of taking time to think through those thoughts and like maybe um, yeah, think through those thoughts and present them in a way that I think is a little bit better. Like it, for me, it's really easy to ignore an email. <laughs> Honestly, that's just mm -hmm. where I'm at, yeah. at in life. Um, but yeah, something like this where it's like, it, it can feel a bit more of a, a back and forth. Um, yeah. Like that's where you're going to get better feedback. Years ago, I had this system where at the end of the game, I would ask people to like basically praise, you know, give a, give a token or whatever it was uh, to somebody else at the table who had done something cool or had made, you know, had, who had made everyone laugh or had just contributed in a great way to the game. And like the intent was to like gather a little bit of feedback to kind of encourage positively among the players. And I still remember the, the day the players approached me, they're like, we feel really uncomfortable doing this oh, and we'd like I, to not do this, yeah. you know, because of that, when you praise someone, are you kind of, um, are you indirectly saying that somebody else didn't contribute yeah. to the game? That sort of thing. So I, I think it's funny for a social event. It is, this is a hobby that is like actually a little difficult to have like these sort of uh, kind of 
unemotional kind of clear-minded let's let's talk about how that went and Mm -hmm. what can we learn from it type of conversations yeah that's that's a good point i mean it's you know if you're playing a board game it can be easier i think because then you can like sort of attack the mechanics (laughs) and be like oh i like that mechanic i didn't like this mechanic it was fun when you did when you use them in this way right like so you can kind of like there is that remove but like when you are talking about you know, talking about games where there is an amount of like, I don't know, performance and you're putting yourself into it and all that. uh, I think, yeah, it can get tricky to, to offer like, yeah, good feedback. It, it sort of, it makes me wonder what, like, you know, the professional actual play podcasts, you know, people, Hmm. like how do they talk about their sessions with each other? You're like, when you, when you sort of have to be producing a product, right? Like that's a very different, different mentality to like, yeah, sitting around with your friends. And it's like, yeah, like I think we, we all want to, you know, be better people, right? Is is like I think a general a general thing. But like do you really need to do that with a with a game, like a game that you're playing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'd be interested if anyone listening has kind of had these has figured out a way to have these conversations or has decided that, that they don't want to have these kind of conversations with the other people mm-hmm. at the table. I'd be kinda of interested to hear what other people do yeah. or how they approach this. Yeah, this is, um, so this is, to me, this is interesting because I think it does sort of connect in with the topic, um, you know, that we're talking about, about maintaining momentum. And I think part of like maintaining momentum is, well, a huge part of it already is like remembering what happened previously. Mm, And like, sometimes like these acts of like asking for feedback that can solidify those memories of like what, what the session was when you kind of restate like, oh, I really like this thing. I think you're, you're more, more likely to remember that. Yeah. Remember that later going to the next session. Um, yeah. So I know that like you do, you take some time after sessions and record like a little voice memo to yourself. Are yes. you still, still doing that? that... I do. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a super useful, it's super useful. Yeah. And then do your, um, yeah, I mean, it's a super useful trick. So you just like, you take a couple minutes and kind of do a, a recap and then you can either listen yep. to it at the table or listen to it ahead of time by yourself. Um, yeah. I'm wondering, do your players also take notes themselves? Um, I, um, yeah, so I guess I'll talk now about my kind of weekly call of Cthulhu yeah. game with family members. Yeah, yeah. They take exhaustive notes during okay. sessions, <laughs> but I also, that's a weekly game. It's not too hard. Stuff has not really had time to slip out of memory, mm-hmm. especially if we just take a quick minute to recap at the beginning of each new game. Yeah. So I found weekly is if you are gaming weekly, that's a that's a pretty fine pace for like keeping everybody remembering what's going on and and not just remembering what's going on, but kind of being able to tap into the emotions or the momentum of what was happening the last time we met, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that to me is as much a challenge as the factually remembering what where did we leave off? I just to go personal here. So I, in the last couple of, in the last month or two, you know, I proposed to, I tried to get a game like a twice monthly game of curse of Strahd going. Mm -hmm. And I heard back from my players that really more than once a month for this group of players was just not, was not feasible schedule wise. And so I said, then, then let's not do curse of Strahd. Like let's, let's stop. Uh, (laughs) And it was, it was simply because, I mean, I would, it would, I would love to play D&D with these people at, at any pace, but mm-hmm. 
uh you know a month is a long time a month yeah. is a long time and it's it's actually less the facts of what happened and more the can we just keep the spirit can we get back into the spirit we were all in at the end of the last session when you were really angry at the bad guy or really motivated to do this or feeling frustrated or sad about some plot development you know can Mm -hmm. we can we get back into that four weeks later that's a pretty tough ask yeah it is the the game that i'm playing in right now we meet up it's about once a month and that is tricky right like it's very tricky to you know to kind of get back into that that um, mental and emotional space uh, every time that we meet um i feel like you know we've been we've been somewhat on that schedule for a, a while now so i think we like we've, we've developed some some ways to to do that i mean i think part of it right like we all we all are sitting there taking notes all the time too so when we sit yeah. down to do that recap we can kind of like piece together like oh yeah this is what was happening you know like in in uh in play i think we'd all um rather be doing it weekly right? <laughs> or every other week like that it's just so hard to pull off with with a bunch of adults um especially with does your schedule, but, yeah. does your gm do anything in that month between games mm-hmm. do either you the players or do the gm is there do you guys talk about the game do you does the gm move things along at all in between sessions or is it just like radio silence and then a month later you meet yeah, pretty much radio silence. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is necessarily. Like, I mean, I think just the, the group is not the sort of group that's going to like all get into a Discord together and be chatting, chatting all the time yeah. about other stuff. Um, yeah, like there's a text thread that we use to like you know, check in to, to make sure that we're all still playing, right. playing on the day. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think like we're still thinking about it, right? So like I, I might have mentioned this last time, but like the the main plot point that we sort of all glommed onto was that there is a, a five-legged albino monkey that was running yeah. around <laughs> that we had to go, <laughs> that we, I mean, it's just like you introduce that sort of thing into a game and that becomes everybody's sole focus. Right. So despite like all these other, like, you know, giant world changing things going on around us, we all sort of knew going into that session, like, this is our goal. <laughs> like we need to, <laughs> we need to go yeah. track down that monkey and get it and have it, you know, join our party. Right. Um, which we were successful. That's great. Uh, but like the, I think like, you know, like when you're thinking about the, you're, you're right on, like there's a factual level of maintaining momentum of just like, like what's everybody's character name, right? Like down to right. that, all the yep. way to like, yeah, who are the villains? What are they up to? All that, that sort of stuff. But then, yeah, the, the emotional side of it, I do find is a little bit hard. I don't think we, we generally don't end in the middle of a conflict. Uh, Matter GM is pretty good about stopping us before we dive into something kind of like meaty uh we need to dive into um but i've certainly played in games where you for whatever reason have to stop in the middle of combat and like that can be hard to get back going even if it's only a week later yeah yeah that's you know that was that was one of the other reasons i said well maybe like let's let's wait and figure this out and because yeah in D &D, i would say the likelihood that you're going to end a session with an unresolved combat is higher than in a lot of other systems. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, you can take a photo of where everything was on the battle map, but that, <laughs> you know, it's just not, you know, that's, that's an extra little speed bump. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you as player, like, so you have this monthly game, you really enjoy it. I've mm-hmm. heard a lot about it here on the podcast that you shared. It sounds amazing. Do you as player, like, do you do any 
what kind of thinking do you do about that game in the time between sessions? And do you think that that thinking like makes a difference in what your experience is when game, the game day arrives and the game starts? Mm, that's a good question. It's, I probably don't do, I don't do as much thinking as I, I would like to. Like, I'd love to be the sort of person that sits down and really sketches out like who my character is, their backstory, like motivations, all that sort of stuff. And it just, it's, I'm, re, I'm not that person right now. <laughs> you know, like I can't be that sort of player um, at the moment. Like I tend to sort of figure out who the, who the character is at the table, which probably means a lot of my characters end up being a little bit the same, but I think that's, that's sort of okay. Yeah. Okay too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the things that I think through are, are really like where my, where my characters like how their reactions are going to be to certain things. So if like, mm. I'm thinking through, Oh, like we know we're going to go get that monkey. Is my character going to like, want to steal the monkey, kill the monkey, befriend the monkey, like, right. Like those sorts of things, right. Like, yeah. Thinking yeah. through a little bit of the motivations ahead of time. So I'm not caught off guard with like a, Oh, like what, how would I react in this situation? Although I will, you know, will ask myself those questions too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's that, like there's some element of like, reading over the character sheet again, right? Just to under remember, <laughs> remember yep. what's going on. I think it's, it's a little bit less important in this game. It can, I think, you know, you're talking about D and think it becomes more important to do a little bit of that legwork ahead of time of like remembering what spells you have, what they do, um, what yeah. equipment you might have sort of being able to hit the ground running with like the questions you have for your GM of like, Oh, like I want to switch these things up or sell this thing, buy this thing that sort of stuff is like, it takes you maybe 10 minutes beforehand, but then if everybody's blowing 10 minutes in the session to sort of like get back into character and figure out what's going on again, like that can yeah. be a big chunk of your game night. If you haven't yep. taken a little bit of time to yeah. do that beforehand. I've had some good luck in my weekly call of Cthulhu game. Again, you know, a weekly game makes this pretty easy and I have the extra advantage that, you know, my players are, my players are in the same house, so you know they yeah. can meet in the kitchen and talk about it. But yeah. I try to end each game, um, giving, telling them something they need to have decided by mm. by the time we meet again. So I'm helped by the structure of Call of Cthulhu, in which you know there's a lot of clues and and avenues, and really the the course of the game is shaped by what clue what by what leads they choose to follow. But I try to turn that into a little bit of an assignment, you know, so when we start next time, you guys need to have talked to each other and you need to have figured out where you're going, where you're going to go, you know. Mm -hmm. So, OK, you decided to follow up this lead and take the train to Miskatonic University. I, I try to encourage that decision to have been made before we start the game instead of meeting and then starting that big PC planning discussion, which can, you know, infamously go on forever. You know, where, <laughs> yes. where should we go next? So, yeah. you know, I, if I could think of a good way to do that in like a kind of a D and D game reliably, I do think that that giving a mild assignment, it's not like work. It's just like, give this a little bit of a thought and maybe, you know, it is a little work, but mm -hmm. confer just enough to like, you know, decide where you want to go before we meet don't wait until we meet and then figure it and then talk about it that's been yeah. helpful in call of cthulhu at least yeah and i can imagine too just the the act of having to make the decision in between sessions too like that that can help you know keep momentum going 
yes. as well. Cause you're like, you know, then you're sort of noodling on it rather than being like a, Oh, like I'll think about that next time. Like yeah, right. next time we meet, like as I'm sitting down, right. You're like, Oh, like, Oh yeah, this is a decision we made. And like, you can come and present that as here's where we're going next. Um, rather than like, a, what were the options again? <laughs> and then you're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's super smart to do it that way. Yeah. Give them a so small do you have any, assignment. So do you have any suggestions though, for running like a, let's say a pretty, you know, tactically detailed game like D and D, but mm-hmm. with just a long stretch of time in between games, because obviously one in my case, you know, one solution is I can pitch a game that works better with big pauses in between. And there are mm-hmm. games that work better for various reasons. But what if we want to do D and D? Are there like are there some tricks that I can do as a GM that are gonna make that more likely to be fun? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a lot of stuff that you've thought about, but just to sort of state it, I mean the the times where I've had like gaps in between sessions when I'm when I'm playing a you know tactical game like D and D, the really useful things are to like end on cliffhangers all the time. And I, I know I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, like. Yeah, like you don't want to end, you don't want to end in the middle of the combat, but like, you know, end right before combat, combat starts, right? And then oh, okay, like you, yep. Right. You know, so, so those sorts of things or, you know, end after or just before something, well, usually before, like always try to end before something interesting happens because then you can dive straight into just the action, action mm-hmm. of the thing at the next, um, the next session, which I think is generally the more exciting exciting part and even if that action is like oh you finally found you know the shop that you really needed to find to sell all of your equipment right like then you could sort of end before that um yeah or end yeah end before a battle starts because i think otherwise right you risk losing a lot of that momentum of like yeah uh, like you mentioned a placement of you know stakes and, and that sort of stuff um the other thing that i would say is like it's like call or curse of strahd is I agree with you. I think that would be a hard one to run with long gaps in between, um, in between, you know, so if you're running something else, like you, you should be comfortable with like the reality of the story that you're telling changing in between sessions in that if you, when you sit down at the, the next session and everybody sort of agrees that this fight doesn't actually matter, even though when you left off, it really mattered to everybody. Mm. Like, that's okay. Right. Like the, yep. the story is the story. Don't make the story into something that you like your hopes and dreams from last time or from before beforehand. I think you should be just as willing to sort of like, yeah, improv or sandbox or whatever verb you want to use, like, yeah, to, to change up what's happening in that moment yeah. based on what the players are feeling um, when they come, come back to the table that time. Yeah, and maybe it's better just to recognize, you know what, like all of the enthusiasm for this fight has just dissipated in the last four weeks, mm-hmm. whatever, the fight's over, Yeah, you win, like, let's move on. Like that, you know, um, TV, it's interesting, like, uh, TV shows do this. I, do you remember a show called, um, it had Jennifer, uh, Jennifer, it was a spy show, Alias, do you remember that show? Yes, I used, yeah. I used to laugh at, at this show because it would do a, a common trick, but it would just do it particularly blatantly where like every episode would end on this incredible cliffhanger. You know, the bad guy was like pointing a gun in the hero's mm-hmm. face and they were, <laughs> there's just no, no, ab- absolutely no way out. They were just trapped. How would this great cliffhanger? The next episode would begin. And rather than be a really huge, exciting scene that would resolve that tense set piece that had been set up the hero would like in five seconds just you know knock the gun out of the way and all of that you know the the purpose of that tension 
it, it had filled its purpose and there was no point in like turning this into a big scene. Its purpose was to keep you tense until the next episode, but that you don't actually need to see them do a big drawn out fight. Like just yeah. knock the gun out of the way. She's out of danger, you know, in 10 seconds, this, you know, and then we're on to what the real meat of this episode is. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, I'm kind of, my brain is spinning on that a little bit. And I wonder, you know, I realized that in a game like D&D, you know, that the fights are part of the fun. So you can't just do this willy nilly. But I do wonder, you know, sometimes you could skip some of that, like, low signal to noise stuff mm-hmm. in that manner, right? Yeah. Make a big deal of setting it up, establish the stakes or whatever like that. Really build it up. But then, you know, no one actually needs to spend an hour to get to the point of this tension. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just cut right to it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. It's the, like the model of TV these days, right? Is like making everything bingeable, right? Like, so I think you, you still have those cliffhangers at the end of episodes, but it doesn't need to be as like as big of a cliffhanger as it it used to be where (laughs) you needed, you needed 20 million people to watch that episode and decide (laughs) I need to watch the next one. Right. So you're going to pull off every possible trick to do that. um, Right. And your D and D games are not going to be, bingeable in that like you can't just like <laughs> you know yeah like do you know do one session after another after another after another like that right because you'll just you'll, you'll die of exhaustion <laughs> very very yeah. quickly um yeah but i mean you know by all means yeah steal every trick in the book that you know early 2000s tv had figured out by then of, yeah like yeah of keeping the keeping the audience engaged i want to wrap us up because we're uh we've been going for a bit but i wanted to say one more thing that a thing i tried i didn't I didn't commit to it enough to see if it would work, but it felt promising to me during a kind of there was a gap between Star Trek games. And in that gap, I wanted people, I wanted my players not to completely check out of, you know, the Star Trek mood. So I, I emailed, I, I asked over email in between sessions some like character building, but not really adventure affecting things like the sort of stuff that we've talked about, like those character moments that mm-hmm. you might spring during a travel montage or something like that. You know, so I like I think the question I asked was I, I, I had a couple questions and one of them was like, you know, what's the what's the what is the place on your ship that like, you know, the crew all goes to hang out? at you know what's the restaurant or the the lounge or something like that what one on what is the place on your ship and I had a few other questions like that that yeah i just want people to think a little bit just put a little bit of thought into it it's kind of fun it doesn't doesn't affect the adventure it's not really it's not really going to matter in any meaningful way but it has added to kind of a collective i guess interest in or commitment mm. to this kind of shared um you know this this shared dream of a game that we're doing so if i could come up with you know a big list and just kind of piece those out during the the low points uh in between those big gaps between sessions i don't know mm-hmm. especially in a game like D where it, sometimes it is you know the tactical nature of it does make it a little hard to have those character moments you know tell me about a memory you had tell me about a time that you you help somebody else on the team tell me you know tell yeah. me what you really fear that's stuff that maybe you could 
hash out outside of the game sessions that yeah i think you're you're right on um and so the the game i'm playing in matt does a really good job of asking like kind of those flavor questions in the moment of like you know like let's paint the scene together right like it doesn't it doesn't really matter for the plot some of the side stuff that's happening at the you know the giant festival that we're at like so let's like what what would be fun for you to have there Mm -hmm. um right and i think those things where you're you're sort of like it's not right but like ceding control to the players right like letting the players sort of chime in yeah with um yeah with what they want there like that's like i mean i think it's brilliant right because then that's something they can remember really easily yeah yeah all right well hey let's uh let's wrap up here uh do you have any closing thoughts or do you want to no. uh just to, to talk us out here yeah no that sounds good um yes uh, so this has been a good conversation um yeah so we've been uh roll for topic we were part of the roll for it media podcasting network our sister show the splat book with john Corey and kyle latino is wonderful um kyle's kickstarter just wrapped up um kyle with the cloud curio folks just did a kickstarter for monstrous it's sort of a a like uh, systemic agnostic uh, monster manual, I guess is one way you could you could put it. Uh, it looks gorgeous. I'm super happy for them. They hit their goal. Um, yeah, congratulations, guys. Yeah, really looking forward to getting that in my hands <laughs> as soon as I can. But yeah, I think that does it for us. Um, so I've been Chris Salzman. I've been Andy Rao. Remember, if your player's having fun, you're a great GM.